Thank you, Brother Dennis. All right, how y'all doing tonight? Ain't you glad to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Every day. Unlike our days, the uncertainty of tomorrow, Jesus, you can count on him. He's always there. He never changes. And he's dependable. Amen? You can trust him. Even when we fail him, he doesn't fail us. Boy, what a song Dustin sang. How great is the faithfulness of our God. Amen? Amen. I was sitting, get up here. Dennis said, they don't need to, I don't need to introduce you no more. They know who you are. Just get up there and take off, start running. So that's what we're going to do. So if you got a Bible, I want to ask you to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. Mark's Gospel, chapter 9. I want to talk to us from a very familiar passage tonight. And I think at first we're going to just read it and then we're going to look at it. It's going to surprise you how much it applies and how similar some things don't change. As much as the world has changed, in reality, a lot of things haven't changed. And if you look with me here tonight, I want to start reading in verse 14. Many of us are familiar with this. Jesus has just come from upon the Mount of Transfiguration. He's got Peter and James and John up there with him. And he's just been revealing to them the glory of who he truly is. And he comes back down off the mountain and his remainder of his apostles or with a man who has a big problem. He's got a son who's out of control. Who all of his life he's been taken care of and nothing's getting any better. Some of us probably already can identify with that in the days in which we live. But as he comes back down there, I want to pick up with the story as we read it together. Starting in verse 14. When Jesus came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them. And scribes, that was a religious lawyer, a professional a person who knew the Old Testament inside and out, disputing with them. Immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are y'all discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said to him, Teacher, I brought to you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. And Jesus answered to them and said. Oh faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground. And wallowed foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father. How long has this been happening to him? And he said from childhood all his life. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him. And enter him no more. Father in heaven we bow before you tonight. Many people in the same situation. The beginning of the blessing of the birth of a child. Ends up to become a burden. Instead of a blessing. The joy of fatherhood. Had been replaced with Lord. The everyday worries and concern of. What am I going to do? 
in a hopeless situation. Thank you for Jesus that when he shows up, all things are possible if we only believe. So Lord, tonight I pray that you'll help our unbelief and that you would bless us with the ability to believe even more. Not only with our minds and with our lips, but from deep within our heart, with every part of our life, we would believe in Jesus. Help us to do that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We look there and the first thing I see is a demonized son. You think about this, a life that's been totally destroyed by the enemy. Every day is now a struggle just to get by. Completely out of control with no hope of living a normal life. You know, I've been pastoring now for three churches, 20-some years, Brother Dennis. And a lot of us have become intellectual in our heightened intelligence. We don't like to believe in stuff as simple as the Bible. But everywhere Jesus went, he encountered demonized people. And a lot of the things that we see today that has got our loved ones out of control, destroyed lives, with no hope of ever being normal again, much less blessed, is influenced by demonic activity. Now, I'm not here to promote every problem in life that there's a demon around the corner, but I'm here to tell you that there's much more of it caused by the enemy than we like to accept. And the enemy is very good, and he has created a culture, a society that which we live in, that is destroying people's lives. Everywhere I go, I have to deal with not only parents, but with grandparents who are trying to raise children, young people who are out of control, whose life is not flourishing, is not fruitful. They are totally controlled and lost all of the things that was expected to happen in their life. And people are disappointed. People are discouraged. You know, we look at this young man and how defeated is this? Jesus said, bring him to me. He said, how long has this been happening to him? Yes, he had a mute spirit. He couldn't talk. He couldn't communicate. You know, today we might have not have children who are mute to the point they are not physically able to speak or deaf to the point they're not physically able to hear. But I see it over and over and over, Brother Dennis, in the ministry that there are families where they no longer can hear what their child has to say and the child no longer can communicate and express to what that parent needs to hear. And the enemy has got them either angry, he's either caused things to happen that has made them lose hope, get to the point of despair that they think this is the best it's ever going to get. It's not going to get any better. And the enemy robs them of their hope. This man had enough faith to believe to bring him to Jesus. Amen. And when he gets there, it's a desperate father. I see this man. He's, he's desperate. How many of you knows one of these desperate parents? Amen. Someone who's tried everything. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, just keep on trying. Amen. Because this man gets there. Think about his situation. I want us to look at this desperate father. He has a demonized son whose totally life has been robbed from him. He's not experiencing the abundant life that Christ offers. That God created him to have. But this man, his life is also now desperate. A life that is characterized by disappointment and discouraged. The daily burden of caring for a son who is beyond help it seems. Every day is a struggle now just for him to survive and face another day. You ever been there? Grandparents raising their grandkids because their kids can't take care of themselves. Friends, we live in a day where everyone, if they're honest, has got someone in their family that's not able to be self-taking care of themselves. And they're having to have others keep them 
and taking this man who's doing everything he could. I commend him. He's also father. And friends, we look around and we say, well, I don't know if there is demon activity. I don't know if we need to really, you know, the way things are today, it's different. I don't think it's very different. You know, I, I believe that the demons are at work. If you don't believe me, hang around with Brother Dennis and me for a week or two. Follow us where we go. And I'm telling you, they're alive and well and at work. And they are having victory in far too many times amongst God's people, much less the lost. There's a pastor down there where I came from. Pastors a church called Ben's Ford Baptist Church in Bugaloosa, Louisiana, named Brother Lynn Martin. And he got a call one day from a little distraught lady. She was a widow, had a son, had never moved out. He's in his 40s, still at home, drunkard, getting drunk, destroying the house. She called him up and said, Brother Lynn, please get up here. He's possessed of a devil. He's destroying my house. He's drunk again. Brother Lynn had all these young preacher boys all under him, Brother Stacy, and another little young preacher named Brother Ace, and another one named Brother Matt. He said, get in the truck, boys. We got to go help with a so-and-so. So they take off down to her house. When they get there, he's done slung furniture out in the front yard. He's on the porch going, I'm the devil! And he's screaming and hollering and running through the house and she's just crying. And, oh, Brother Lynn, what am I going to do? Brother Lynn, they said they walk up in there. This is a true story. I heard him tell it. They go in the house and this boy's running around growling and everything. Yeah, I'm the devil, Brother Lynn said. Sick him, boys. Get him. So them young preachers, they're going to do anything Brother Lynn tells him. They jump on him, they wrestle him down, they get him down. And Brother Lynn starts just rebuking him in the name of Jesus and he starts crying. Brother Lynn told him, you ain't possessed of a devil, you just sorry. Ooh, he started crying. And, um, so Brother Lynn and them leave and they get back in the truck and little Asa, who's a little fella, he said, Brother Lynn, how'd you know he wasn't possessed of a devil? He said, I didn't, but when y'all got him down, I knew he was okay. He said, if he'd have been possessed of a devil, he'd have whooped you all over that old Heidi's house. <laughs> and you know what? Someone that's possessed of a devil is a mighty foe. You can't whip him on your own. Three young preachers and an old preacher, they didn't have a chance if he'd have been possessed of a devil. But in Jesus, he's already defeated. And I want you to understand, Mama, you might be desperate like that poor lady. You might have an out-of-control son who's demon-possessed. He's demon-influenced anyway. But I'm here to tell you today that in Jesus there's hope. But you know, sometimes because of our experience through the church, the church ought to be building our faith. Sometimes the church can hurt our faith. You ever had that happen? You know, I look here and I see not only a demonized son, not only a desperate father... But I see a picture of the defeated church. You know, when Jesus returns, the disciples that were left were down there ministering to this young man. And they were ministering for this father. By this time, I'm sure this father came down there and they said, Well, here's his apostles. They've been ministering in Jesus' name and they've been casting out demons and they've been healing people because they already have. I'm going to show you by now. They've been given authority by Jesus. That's permission. And been given also, the ability by Jesus, that's power, to do exactly what Jesus has been doing. But when he gets down there, what's the church doing? The disciples. See, we're all disciples. This is the future church. This is who Jesus has been investing in these young men. He's been teaching them how to do what he came to do. So that when he returns after the resurrection and the ascension, they would do what he had been able to. And that's what we're to be doing. But he comes back down there and they couldn't cast it out. And not only are they not ministering and not only are they not delivering this man and defeating the enemy, you know what he found them doing? What a lot of churches are doing. Discussing. Here they are religious folks. The leaders, the scribes. 
They're disputing and discussing. You know what I think they're probably arguing about? Do you have the permission to do this or how to, how to do it? You know, a lot of churches would rather talk about how to do ministry and discuss what you ought to do than just get up in Jesus' name and go do it. Amen? And I'm here to tell you today, we don't have to be a theologian, although theology is good, doctrine is important, but it should never take the place of just good old childlike faith that says in Jesus' name you can be saved. In Jesus' name you can be delivered. In the power of Christ we have authority given to us by heaven. By Christ himself. He said that when Peter said, who do people say that I am? He said a lot of different things. He said, but who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. And he said, Peter, amen, Simon Barjona. Because flesh and blood didn't figure that out. My Father showed you that. And upon that rock of who I am, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell is not going to prevail. And I'm going to give you the keys of heaven to bind whatever's bound in heaven will be bound on earth. And whatever you want to loose in heaven is going to be loosed on earth. What he's telling us, you're going to be able to bind the enemy and you're going to be able to loose the captives in the name of Jesus. Friends, we have forgot that in the church today. And here we are, a defeated church. Jesus' disciples were not able to help this man and his son. In Jesus' name, they had been given power over unclean spirits. They had the authority to heal permission. They had the ability to heal power. In the name of Jesus, they had already experienced many victories over the enemy and healed the sick many times. But my question is, why are they defeated now? If you flip back with me in your Bible, turn back with me to chapter 7. I want to show you something. Jesus had already sent them out. And he'd already told them to go do this. And they'd already cast out many demons and healed many people. Look at what it says in chapter 6 of Mark. Look at verse... 45. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong spot here. This light's got to go. Okay, chapter 6. Here it is. Verse 7. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Look at what it says. And Jesus called the twelve to himself, and he began to send them two by two, and he gave them power over unclean spirits. If you look, he gives them a description of where to go. He commanded them to take nothing on their journey except a staff. He said, you won't need a bag. You're not going to need bread. You're not going to need money, copper, and your money bags. You just go in my name. The Lord's going to go with you. And listen what happens when you look down at verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons, not just a few. And they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Here they are. The church has been victorious. There's seasons in churches where God moves and the church is anointed and Jesus sends them out and they're doing. But you know there's times where the church, because even though the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Can I get an amen? I'm one of them. That the church can fail. And maybe you're one of them like this man. You came to the disciples. You'd heard about the disciples. You'd heard they'd had victory. They cast out demons. They healed people. But when you came to the church, the church wasn't able to do it. But I want to tell you something. The church is not the same as Jesus. Jesus works in and through the church. But I'm here to tell you, it's not the church that saves. It's the Lord of the church. And friends, it's Jesus, my friend, that can heal anybody. And he does it not because of what we do. These disciples had failed. Why did they fail? Well, Jesus, they asked after he goes ahead in the end of the story. And they got with him privately. And they said, Jesus, how, you cast him out. Why couldn't we cast him out? You know what Jesus said? He said, because this kind 
can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. Now I want you to think about this. I used to look at this, Brother Dennis, and I'd say, man, I just need to learn to fast better. And I need to learn to pray better in case I encounter a demon. In case I need to heal somebody. But that ain't what he's talking about. You see, Jesus didn't pray and fast that day. Jesus lived a life of prayer and fasting every day. And if you're not praying today and fasting today, when your trouble comes tomorrow, you're not going to be able to cast him out either. <laughs> because it's a life that has such a faith, such a belief in God, that you give time to God every day to pray. That you believe God is so worthy and so able that you believe to the point your faith is even to the point I would fast. Now, ain't many Baptists got that faith, so you can look at us. But guys, you know what? If our faith was what it ought to be, we'd be doing more fasting. If our faith is what it is, ought to be, we'd be doing more praying. But if we are not careful, we'll be like the disciples. Apparently the disciples did not have the prayer life, nor did they have the discipline, the spiritual discipline of fasting to the degree of Jesus. Now you say, well that was the Son of God, but Jesus said he cast him out because of praying and fasting, and we can do that. But you see, praying and fasting doesn't cast him out. It's the God that you fast for and pray to. But real faith, faith that's growing, faith that's fervent and healthy, is a faith that's going to pray every day. Not just when the troubles come. And it's going to pray to the point where it says, I want to learn to pray even better. So if fasting can help me to pray, if fasting can help me to be more specific and be more able to bring my request before a holy God, I'm going to even pray. With by fasting. That's what Jesus was doing. So here it is, this defeated church. And you know what? Not only was the church defeated, but when Jesus showed up and seen them, he was disappointed. <laughs> Do you believe that sometimes the church disappoints our Lord? I know I disappoint him. How about you? And I know lots of times he looks at me just like he looks at them. And he says, oh, you faithless generation. How long am I going to be with you? How much longer can I bear you, son? After what all I've shown you, what all I've given to you, all the riches of my grace, I saved you. I filled you with my life. My spirit is in you. I gave you my word. I've always been faithful. I've kept my promise. Have I ever failed you? Why do you continue to fail me? And friends, listen, as the Lord Jesus was giving them the power to cast out demons and heal the sick by faith, they should have had the faith to cast out the demonic spirit and heal this man's son. But because of their unbelief, Jesus was obviously disappointed by their lack of prayer and faith. And because when he, you look at that passage, when you look at what he says, when he comes up there, it says right there that the Father says in verse 18, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. And he comes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples, the church, that they should cast it out. But they could not. He's directly talking about the disciples right there. And then the next thing it says is Jesus answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation. I don't think he was talking to those scribes. Because you know what? If there's anybody that Jesus didn't spend a lot of time with, it was the religious Pharisees and those who thought their righteousness was what impressed God. You know what impresses God? Righteousness is good. We need to strive for it. It blesses you to be obedient. But what God's looking for is faith. 
Someone who's desperate enough to say, Lord, I'm not good enough. I can't be righteous enough. I'm failing you and I'm weak and I need help. That father looked at him. And then look what it says. Jesus said, bring him to me. That's what I love about Jesus. Even though they failed, Jesus didn't. Jesus said, bring him to me. How long has he been like this? They begin to tell him about it. And friends, listen to this. As they begin to tell Jesus about what has been happening, it seems even more impossible. How many of you have got a loved one that you've prayed for? You've done everything humanly possible to help. You've turned it over to Jesus so many times you don't even keep count anymore. But it seems like it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it might even be worse. Probably if this room was to be honest, there's not many hands that wouldn't raise up that I have a child, I have a grandchild, I have a neighbor, I have someone that I deeply care about and love that has hurt me and disappointed me and brought discouragement and defeat into my life. And I'm not sure if I even have the faith anymore. To believe God can do it. But you know what? It's not always how much faith we got. But what we got it in. Because Jesus said if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Which is not very big. But if it's in Jesus. If it's in God. And it's true faith. And you believe. You can say Lord I believe but help my unbelief. And God can do it. Look he looks also at this man. And he tells this man. And you see this man had a degree of unbelief in him. Even though he brought his son to Jesus. Even though he believed enough to go find Jesus. And bring his child there. Listen what it says. After Jesus talks to him in verse 21. And he asked the father. How long has this been happening to him? And he said. From childhood all his life. Not only has he got all these symptoms. But look at this. He's trying to destroy his own life. Look at verse 22. And often. Often. He has thrown himself both in the fire and into the water. To destroy him. But if, listen to what he says, but if, Jesus, you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus looks at this man and Jesus says to him, if, what you mean, but if. <laughs> he said, if you can only believe, all things are possible with God. Instead of this man saying, oh, yes, I believe. He put his head down. You can see his humility. And he said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. If he really believed the way he ought to believe, he wouldn't have said, if you can help us, do something. He would have said, Lord, I know you can help us. Heal my son. I know you can do all things. So he gets honest. He admits where he's at. And when you get honest with Jesus and you just get humble and say, Lord, I believe enough to ask you. I'm not sure I believe enough you're going to do it, but I'm asking you to help my unbelief. Because deep down I know it in my mind and I'm able to say it with my lips. But oh Lord, make it true in my heart. Make it come from deep within my spirit. From the very soul of my being that everything about me believes that you can do anything. And that all things are possible through God. If I can only believe. And man, when you put your trust in Jesus and you get to that point, I want to tell you something. One thing that, you know, Jesus as the Lord gets disappointed quite a bit. And I wonder why he continues being our Savior and getting us out of our trouble. But you know about Jesus, what blows my mind, Brother Dennis, with all of our failures, with all of the church's defeatedness, he continues to be dependable as a Savior. You know why? He can't help it. 
when a voice cries out with a heart of faith and says, Lord, I believe as best I can. Help me to believe more. But Lord, I ain't got nowhere else to go. I don't believe nobody else can do this but you. So Lord, I'm coming to you again for the upteenth time. I don't know how many times I've asked you, but I'm asking again. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. Lord, heal my son. And listen what happens. Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father, he didn't wait. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, exclamation point. And when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying in it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. When Jesus delivers you, my friend, you're delivered. Amen. That demon had to go and he had to come out and he couldn't come back no more. I want you to think about this. In spite of Jesus' disappointment as Lord, you know what Jesus said? Bring him to me. (laughs) Right after he said, you old faithless generation, how much longer am I going to have to bear you? But bring him to me. You know what I love about Jesus? His willingness to help me is not dependent on my ability to do what I ought to do. It's not based upon my performance. It's just based upon my need and my willingness to be humble enough to say, Lord, I don't deserve it. I don't even believe in you like I should, but I believe enough to ask. And before I ask, I'm going to ask you to help me to believe even more. And Lord, will you hear my prayer? Friends, I don't know about you, but I look at this man and this is where people need to get. And there's people all around in situations just like this. And we keep playing our church game. And we keep talking our talk. How y'all doing? Oh, everything's fine, preacher. When you know it's not. You know what? We got to get honest. We got to be real. Friends, look. And even in the midst of all our failures, a little faith is all it takes to get the attention of Jesus. And listen. Once we have his attention, he is able to help us in our hour of need. And not only is he able, he's willing. Ain't that awesome? You know why? He's a dependable Savior when we're even not dependable. It ain't based on us, although we ought to try to be more dependable. He is always able because He is a dependable Savior. Even though we disappoint Him many times. I don't know about you, but tonight I look around and I see faces just like me. I got grandchildren that ain't saved. I got loved ones that won't do what they ought to do. And I got a church house full of so many people I wouldn't even waste my time telling you. If you want to be made into a prayer warrior, pastor a church, if I don't put you on your knees, nothing will. I'm here to tell you. Amen. Because you'll get up and you know what you'll say, Lord, I done preached everything I know to preach. I've done told them everything I know to tell them. The only thing I got left to do now is say, Lord, help me to pray. Lord, teach me. Help me in my unbelief. Because apparently I don't believe like I ought to believe. And friends, I want to tell you something. Humility is good when it comes to need and help from Jesus. Amen. Tonight I want to encourage you, church. I'm talking to the believer here. Don't give up. I don't care what has happened. I don't care how many times it didn't work out the way you want. In Jesus, there's always the chance for one more. I'm going to share this. Jerry Farwell said this. An overcomer is someone who gets knocked down nine times and gets up ten. Don't stay down. Get up. Don't let the devil rob you of your hope in Jesus. In Jesus, all things are possible through God. When I was come to my mind yesterday, I told this story and I just feel led to share it. I played football a long, long time ago, believe it or not. I wasn't a brother Dennis's, probably a caliber. But when I went from Little League playing for the Green Giants, the Madison Green Giants, to the high, junior high, I went from Coach Joe Abrams and 
I went to the junior high under Coach Edsel Jones. And buddy, that was like going from Pee Wee to college to me. It was a big difference. And buddy, the other one was dependent on parents bringing you there and getting enough people to keep a team. But here at high school, when you got to junior high, they had a, enough people trying out. They were everywhere. In two weeks, Brother Edsel had his thin down half was gone. It was hot, Brother Dennis. We were standing, you could look down between the buildings of old Mattisville Junior High and there was a water fountain in that breezeway in the shade. And that water fountain, everybody in the seventh grade, like I was then, knew that that was the coldest water in Madisonville, Louisiana. And you could look down there and see it. If you took your helmet off, oh man, I don't know how y'all did it. Put your hat back on, take off running. And you think he forgot you existed, you'd be running. You wouldn't take that helmet off again. We were standing there and we were looking at that water. And this old boy, I'll never forget him. I grew up with him named Jewel Chandelier. All of a sudden, he just took his helmet off, threw it down. He started running toward that water fountain. Everything in me wanted to go with him. I was thinking, man, this is crazy. I ought to quit this. It's hard. Have you realized it's hard following Jesus? Sometimes it takes determination. Sometimes it takes perseverance. It takes the decision to say, I ain't quitting. And I was just about, it was in my mind. How many of you had it in your mind to give up on Jesus, to quit? I was fixing to go and Edsel Jones seen him. He said, y'all see that? That's a quitter. That's a quitter. That's how you lose. If you want to be a loser, go on over there with him and get you some water. Winners stay out here and practice. Winners stay out here. And I look, boy, and I hear everything in me saying, I ain't going to be that looks so good but guys if you'll hang in there and don't give up on Jesus stay the course keep your eyes upon him calling out saying Lord help my unbelief because I know deep in my heart all things are possible God he will accomplish the impossible can I get an amen so tonight if we're going to stay and there may be somebody today that don't even have the faith to be saved yet he said brother Martin if you only knew where I come from well, I heard where he came from, and I know where I came from. And if he got us out of the muck and mire we were in and put us where we're at, there ain't nothing you could be stuck in tonight Jesus can't get you out of. Amen? There's no addiction. There's no sinful habit that he can't deliver you from if you just ask him and believe. So I'm going to ask you, if you're not sure, if you've never asked Jesus, I'm going to say the prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray and let Jesus come into your heart and be your Savior. But guys, for those of us who know him, that's got a loved one, I know there's people in this room hurting just like that man. We looked at that man today and said, that could be us. That child could be your child. But friends, he just kept believing in Jesus. He didn't give up. And Jesus set him free. There's freedom and liberty and victory in Jesus. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. And if you mean it, God will bless you and he'll do it. Would you pray if we bow our heads? Father, for the person under the sound of my voice who's not born again, who's never been washed in the blood of Calvary, who's not saved by your grace, Lord, we all confess together that we're sinners. And Lord, as I pray, as we pray together, we come confessing our need for grace and mercy, asking you tonight to help us to repent to put our hope in you, to believe that you can deliver and save us from our sin. Thank you for the power of Calvary. 
Thank you for the blood of the Lamb that washes us. And Lord, for that person right now who's undone, I pray you'll give him faith. And even as I pray, he's praying with me. And he's asking you to come into his heart to forgive him of his sin and to cleanse him and come into his life and help him to live for you. Father, for those of us who know you, who have discouraging things in our life, who have people who we know need help that only you can provide, Lord, we come once again bowing at the feet of our Savior, looking to you, knowing that you are dependable even when we disappoint. And we ask from the bottom of our heart to help our unbelief, to grant us the ability to believe the unbelievable, that all things are possible with God. Lord, I pray that children will be delivered from addictions tonight, that captives and hurting families with relationships that have been broken and need healing and reconciliation will be restored tonight in Jesus name that parents who no longer have heard the voice of their child in a long time will hear them cry out to them with love and be able to communicate and for those children who can't hear that Lord you'll open their ears that we'll be able to let them know we love them and that you love them and Lord I just pray tonight that with every need that's made known in every heart that by faith in Jesus tonight great miracles will happen and lives will be delivered and people's lives will be changed for it's in Jesus name